obviously. Um, I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring, you know, our gold medals to to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area. And you could feel that there at that game. Welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast. Hashtag DC Sports Without the Politics with Carol and Robbie on True Radio Network. That's right. It's Monday night. Sports on the Hill podcast, True Radio Network, coming to you live from the lab, episode 234, season six. Coming to you live from the lab. We got Robbie G back in the building after taking off a couple of weeks with doing some family things and wishing a happy anniversary to him and his wife. He was out doing big things in the Virgin Islands. You know, I wish I could travel like Robbie. Even Robbie, even Zach has traveled more than I have since he's been on this earth. So I got to get my passport and start traveling like Robbie, Zach, and Liz. Robbie, how are you doing tonight? Good, sir. Glad to have you back, man. I'm glad to be back. It uh, was a whirlwind. I, we did three trips in four weeks, uh, but I want to thank uh, Brian and everyone for uh, doing such a great job uh, filling in while I was gone. I was definitely tuning in and checking it out. And uh, it's all on sportsothp.com. If you missed any of those episodes, you guys did a great job. And Carol, you were uh, doing extra shows. You did a boxing show last week. That's up on the website. Uh, and then you also uh, did a uh, NFL uh, one as well the week before on Thursday. That's also on the website. So I hope you know people go check out those videos uh, if they missed it. But yeah, you guys did a great job. Lots of news. You know the Nats have uh, been a little bit down lately, but we'll, we'll definitely break down that. The Olympics are here, which is I'm super excited about. Um, if anybody does want to know more about my, about my travels, I made a video for each one of my trips, including I just released a dive video yesterday. It was actually free diving as it's my wife is pregnant, so we weren't able to actually scuba dive. Um, but uh, I was able to free dive and get some pretty cool shots. And uh, I hope that people really like that video. Uh, if you go to sportsothp.com, uh, you'll get all the episodes to defaulting the default landing page. Uh, but if you uh, click on our YouTube channels, you get Carol. I know Carol does a lot of other shows as well, so you can catch all of his shows on his youtube channel in fact he's streaming right now uh live on there and then uh if you click on my youtube channel uh you'll, you'll get all the snorkeling stuff i've been doing a lot of other videos family style vlogs all sorts of different things on there uh so uh the phillies uh and the nationals are in a game right now the nats are up four nothing unfortunately phillies got two men on zero out in the bottom of the six i'm also watching the olympics on nbc right now uh the uh uh, they're actually doing the gymnastics 
we will start off with our baseball talk uh, as Carol and Brian have been doing uh, so great. Uh, we'll then shift into uh, NBA finals talk. Uh, we'll bring uh, in Tim to join Brian for that talk. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit about the Olympics. Uh, some uh, Olympians from Maryland getting gold and silver to start the Olympics. So we'll talk about them real briefly. And then we'll sort of end the night talking a little bit about the NHL draft uh, and uh, you know, both the expansion draft and also all of our, uh, the, um, you know, the actual draft that's every year where uh, we get all the rookies and talk about how we replenished uh, some of our defensive players. Uh, and we'll also talk about free agents. I know that Carol will have some thoughts on that. Uh, we have some uh, people that we need to re-sign, AKA our captain, Alexander Ovechkin. I'll say really quickly on the top, rumor is four years, 40 mil. I think that's fair. I wish that he would take closer to eight to give us uh, a couple extra million to work with. Uh, right now we're right up against the cap, but we'll talk about that at the end of the show. Um, we may have to move a player or two. Some players might be coming back. There's rumors of uh, Braden Holpe reunion with the Washington Capitals, the right uh, picks that were being made. So uh, it's one of five possible destinations for him right now. So lots of uh, different stories going on in the NHL. We'll break all that down at the end. But before we get into all that, uh, first of all, Carol, how are you doing? And then second of all, um, let us know about uh, we've got some sign, uh, some um, extensions that happened today, and I know that uh, training camp is just around the corner. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah, today was a you know a day full of adversity in the life of a car salesman right now. So, yeah, it's been a rough day. I had a couple of adult beverages, so bear with me tonight. I'm not sure what might happen. I haven't been on the air in a while, so I'm gonna try to keep it together tonight as long as we're on the air. But yes, on, on a happier front, we have extension news for the Washington football team, which training camp opens tomorrow down in Richmond. Unfortunately, I won't be able a chance to make it down there this year like I did two years ago. I had plans going there last year, but you know the COVID protocols wasn't able to make that happen. So unfortunately, they're only going to be down there for a week this year. Then they'll be back up in Ashburn uh, for the rest of training camp. Uh, we had a extension announced today of Jonathan Allen, uh, defensive lineman, <clears throat> the first of the first round picks for the defensive line that the Washington football team has made over the past five seasons. And uh, it was a four year, $72 million deal with 30 million guaranteed. And as I always say, the money guaranteed is not counted against the cap. So you basically got it for four years, 42 million. It's a little bit over 10 million a year for what he's done for this team. You have to lock him up. And unfortunately, Philly has just came closer with a three-run home make it a 4-3 game. And when I saw Austin Vaughn coming into the game, I already had a bad feeling. And then when Bryce got on and then uh, they hit the double, they put second and third with no men out. And now a three-run home run by Hoskins, and it's a 4-3 game after the Nationals put together a nice inning and get a four-run cushion. And there's still no outs in the bottom of the sixth. So uh, the rain on that parade of the extension signing, unfortunate home run given by Austin Ball. And, yeah, this has been the story of the Nats all season. Get a lead, the bullpen or the pitcher can't hold the lead. They took Ross out for a pitch hit situation. He was pitching well. 
I'm not going to criticize Davey, but I'd love him at that. But getting back to the Washington football team news, uh, Jonathan Allen just signed the contract for an extension. He was on the uh, last year of his deal with the fifth-year extension. Next up is Deron Payne and Montez Sweat. Uh, you guys remember Brandon Sheriff is under the franchise tag. Looks like nine times out of ten uh, after this season, he will be most likely leaving the team. So that frees up another $18 million under the cap that hopefully the team will be looking to re-sign Deron Payne and extend him also because you want to keep this defensive line together as much of it together as you can. And with the way the rookie contracts are set up right now, you know, you can take advantage of the fifth-year option and still try to keep the line together as long as possible to try to, you know, make that cha- <clears throat> excuse me, make that championship run to, you know, get to the ultimate goal. So it's a good sign to see the team uh, sign an extension to one of the prized members of the defensive line. You know, a lot of – I saw a lot of reaction from the fans talking about he overpaid and – they shouldn't have did that. And what about Deron Payne and Sweat? This team is pretty comfortable under the salary cap right now. And, you know, a lot of folks are upset about the Fitzpatrick deal, but the, you know, one-year $10 million deal, you know, that's a good thing. So I have a question for you. So it, the $40 million is what he's owed for the four years, right? The rest is a signing bonus? Yeah, the rest is guaranteed. When they do guaranteed money, that money doesn't count against the against the salary cap per year. So if he signed a seventy-two million dollar deal and he gave thirty million dollars in in bonus and guaranteed money, that means it's really a four-year, forty-two million dollar deal, which breaks down about ten point. So why wouldn't teams guarantee more? You know, to, so that way they could count that less towards the cap. Well, some teams do that. Like what we've seen with Aaron Rodgers, I think he got like seventy million guaranteed on his contract of like one hundred and forty million or something like that. So some some teams do that, but it's more of a salary cap situation where I guess they're you know mapping it out the way they do because they have a, we have some undrafted free agents and we have you know a lot of rookies on the team and young players that still in their rookie contract. So their their numbers aren't really that high. So right now. They're looking down the road because you still have Montez Sweat coming up. You got Deron Payne coming up. Uh, you got uh, Tim Settle coming up. So, and then you're going to have Chase Young coming up in another four years, three years now, because he's going to a second year. They exercise a fifth year option. So, along with the salary cap, even though there's supposed to be a big jump with the revenue, with the contracts that's been signed, is what I'm hearing going into 2023 after, you know, recovering from the COVID stuff. You know, hopefully it continues to stay that way. And they say that the salary cap is going to take a big jump going into 2023 where there'll be more money available. So I think they're just, you know, setting themselves up to re-sign some of these first-round picks that's going to be coveted. Granted, we're not going to be able to keep all of them, but you want to keep the key pieces. And even though some folks think Jonathan Allen is, you know, has been overrated, he's, you know, listed as one of the top defensive tackles in the league on pro football focus, which studies every snap, every play, and breaks it down. So you can have your opinion, but he's graded very high against the rush, against the pass, and, you know, being a defensive lineman. So you have to set the tone for the other young guys to see that, hey, they're going to take care of me. Because if you recall back, there's been several years we haven't re-signed our first-round picks and they've gone elsewhere and played well and got – you know, Super Bowl rings, Kendall Fuller, 
you know, with the Kansas City, got a ring, he's back here now. But, you know, we've seen this over and over again. He wasn't a first-round pick, but draft pick going somewhere else and flourishing and, you know, getting the ring, getting the payday, and our team still, you know, where it is. So it, it's a good sign. Camp starts tomorrow. I can't wait to see, you know, all the So basically he got the exact same contract he had before, right? He was going for $10 million, Jonathan Allen, before, and then he – yeah, the pretty much. I mean, you know, the rookie the rookie deals are pretty much signed, still delivered for first round picks. So there really isn't much negotiating when you sign your first contract. When you can sign the fifth year option, it's like a hundred and twenty percent onto what you are already getting as a rookie. Maybe like one hundred twenty to one hundred fifty percent, something like that. So when they get a chance to be a free agent, most of them want to test the free agent market unless the team puts a contract like this in front of him and him being a young defensive lineman, he's now 26. So, you know, he's getting established. He's, he's, he's good. He's a leader. He isn't that vocal leader, but he's a leader on the field. And they felt like it was key to lock him up. And I think Deron Payne will be, you know, the second guy to get locked up because they, they want to start showing the guys that they're drafting that, Hey, you produce, we're going to take care of you. We don't want you going elsewhere. We want to, you know, lock you up and let you be, you know, the player that you can be here when we draft. We draft you for a reason. That's to be with this franchise. Cool. So, unfortunately, we got a man on second in this uh, Philly game. We're, uh, it's a 2-0 count right now, one out, bottom of the six. Uh, Philly's creeping in here. Um, let's um, – unless there's anything more breaking news to the Washington football team, let's get into some baseball talk. I'm gonna, We're going to bring Brian – in here for that and i'll let you guys chop it up i uh i've had a busy week training a brand new puppy so i haven't seen as much baseball um but uh i i am excited to sort of hear your breakdown i know that the week started off well but it kind of uh got a lot worse uh and i know the orioles um really uh, gave the nationals some trouble here especially in that weekend series but uh brian how are you doing i'm doing great guys how are you guys doing tonight I'm doing all right, Brian. Watching this game right now by Austin Volk and coming off of that uh, yeah unfortunate sweep by the last place Orioles. I'm I'm in the day I had the day. Like I said, I'm already two shots in and already two beers <laughs> in. So I don't know what might happen tonight, man. I don't know. I, I don't know why they took out Joe Ross, man. I I I wasn't a great decision in my book. He was pitching really well, and you take him out. I I understand trying to score more runs, but. I don't understand. He was Joe Ross is pitching really well, and take him out while he's cruising. I don't think it's a good decision by Davey. Yeah, that that's what kind of had me scratching my head. I understood, like you said, the inner before they had some things going and decided to pinch it for the pitcher, but he was locked in. He was he was he was looking like one of his better starts of the season. And yeah, Davey, I know if it was Max or if it was Corbin, he would have you know second guessed about it and kept him in there, but. I think Davey's trying to find something, you know, he's, he's trying to get this team on the right path, especially after getting swept by the Orioles. So I'm not really too mad at him. I'm more mad at Austin ball than Davey because this dude, I mean, he's had many opportunities to solidify himself as a starter. Now they put you in the bullpen and you still, you know, giving up home runs like you're the starter. I'm like, how many chances do you think you're going to get? And now in a crucial game against the Phillies, who's in second place right now, now it's a closer game than it has to be because he comes in once again and is ineffective. It's mm. uh, it's a frustrating thing to see. Yeah, man. 
I, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. Trust me. Yeah, and I'm going to be winging it tonight because I didn't get a chance to take my notes because, as I mentioned, I had a rough day today. So tonight I'm going to be winging it. Probably won't get a chance to share it with the groups because I got to look it up on my phone. So it is yeah. what it is. I'm actually going to uh, run and grab my phone real quickly so I can share to a couple of our groups. Um, but you guys keep going. Yeah, because a certain social media site keeps on restricting my views, but I'm not going <laughs> to <into> that. <clears throat> <And> last week, <laughs> like I said, I'm going to try to behave tonight, y'all. But <laughs> drinking so i'm gonna try to get off there and let y'all get the basketball so i don't get us in trouble uh last week the nationals went two and four we were hoping this team would go undefeated last week with the schedule they had against the uh, marlins and the orioles two last place teams but unfortunately uh things didn't turn out the way we had hoped as i mentioned it went uh two and four currently uh, Bear with me. Currently, they're 45 and 53, fourth in the NL East. Um, we were hoping it would be 500 going into this week, starting the week against the Phillies, as I mentioned, as our, in, our, in second place. But uh, yeah, it hasn't been a good, a good after the All Star break for the Nats. They didn't, they didn't go into the break in a good place, and they definitely didn't come out in a good place because. You know, they had a chance to sweep the Marlins and them giving losing the, the last game of the series and then getting swept by the Orioles. Uh, and the way they got swept made it even worse with the Brad Hand uh, situation again against American League teams. And Brian, we're going to get into that a little bit later on because I'm just going to decide to say whenever any league games against American League teams, he needs to be the setup man and let Hudson close it out because whenever it's an American League team, he just implodes. I, I, don't, I don't understand it. It's great. I, I was going to say, it's just crazy that, like, it's, it's happened against the Yankees. Obviously, we've talked about that game in depth, and we've seen it against other American League teams as well. I did, I, didn't he blow a save against, like, the Blue Jays or some other team as well from the American League? Yeah. And and now this game against the Orioles, I don't know what it is, but Brad Hand can't get it done against American League teams. And um, we'll see if he's on this team after this week. We'll see about that. Yeah, I mean, I know, like I, I mentioned last week, I never understood why they didn't re-sign Doolittle and keep Hudson the winning combination from the World Series. I just didn't understand that, I believe. Yeah. Doolittle's in Cincinnati now. So, I, I, yeah. I sometimes, you know, they overthink things and thinking they need to bring in hand. And uh, I know you said he had a nice-sized contract, too. So, maybe they can move him, hopefully. But after that outing uh, yesterday... I don't know if anybody's going to pick him up with the way he's been pitching lately. I mean, he's only blown four saves, granted. But still, you can't do that in key situations when you're trying to at least salvage a game. Mm-hmm. You know, your team has got you to, you know, the point to where they're trying to win the game and you walk the bases loaded. I'm like, really? Come on now. But I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Like I said, it's been a, it's been a rough day. It's been a rough day. Going back to recap this uh, past week, first game against the Marlins was uh, started the week out great with the 18 to one victory. Uh, John Lester took the victory. He went uh, seven innings, giving up six hits, no runs, seven strikeouts, and no walks. Ex-National Ross Detweiler <laughs> got pounded for uh, he only lasted one inning, giving up seven hits, eight runs, no strikeouts, no walks. Uh, the Nationals pretty much teed off on good old Ross. I loved him when he was here, but 
and he had a different uniform on in the Nets, you know, treating like a great-headed stepchild. Uh, Juan Soto Homer, Josh Bell Homer, Trey Turner Homer, even John Lester Homer in this game. So it, it definitely uh, started the series out on the right foot for the Nationals, you know, going into game two, looking for a sweep to get back on the right side of 500. But, uh, you know, that led into game two, which was a 6-3 victory for the Nationals. Austin Volf, who just gave up a three-run homer, he uh, got the victory. That put him at 3-0. and He went one inning, giving up two hits, three runs. All of those earned with one strikeout and one walk. Uh, Richard Blyer took the loss. He went two-thirds of an inning, giving him two hits with three earned runs, no strikeouts, no walks. And Brad, ha- Brad Hand earned his 20th save of the season, going one inning, giving him no hits, no runs, with one strikeout and no walks. Uh, in this game, Josh Bell hit his 100th home run career. And the Nets, Victor Robles, he had a uh, RBI single in the second. Brian Zimmerman had an RBI double in the fifth. And uh, Josh Bell homered in the eighth to help uh, get the Nets the second game of this series and going for the sweep against the Marlins. They unfortunately took a 3-1 loss. Uh, Dylan Floro earned the victory for the Marlins, going two innings, giving up one hit, no runs, and two strikeouts and no walks. Brad Hand took the loss. That dropped him to 5-3. and three. He went two innings, giving up one hit, two runs, one of those earned with no strikeouts and one walk. And Yimi Garcia earned the save his 14th of the season. He went one inning, giving up no hits, no runs, with no strikeouts and no walks. Uh, Andrew Stevenson had an RBI double in the bottom of the fourth to account for the lone Nats run. And they ended up losing that game, but winning the series two out of three. Brian, did you get a chance to check out any of this series? And the, I know I think you saw the first game, because I think it was on during the show. And uh, what do you think about this two out of three versus the Marlins and how it's set up for this debacle versus the Orioles? Yeah, uh, I did see the first game because, um, you know, it was the day of the show and uh, the Yankees weren't playing that night, so I figured I'd watch. And, uh, yeah, in the first game, the Nationals absolutely crushed them, like you said, 18 to one. Um, a dominating effort. Even John Lester hit a home run, which nobody saw coming at all. Um, I mean, he—I think that's only the second home run he's ever hit in his whole career, which is crazy to well, think. Actually, actually, it was his fourth and fourth actually, home run. Wow. FP Santangelo called it before he hit it because he said the at bat, but the at bat before that one, he had hit the ball pretty well and got a base hit. And he was like, you know, the way he's been swinging, he can take one out if he gets it if he barrels up on it. And right after he said that, he hit the home run. Dang, FP calling it. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, so, yeah, easy win. That was an easy win for the Nats, obviously. Uh, the second game, uh, again, was was a nice win, obviously. Um, I, I was impressed, especially with, um, the, with hitting the first two games, especially Josh Bell. He homered in the first game of the series and the second game of the series. Um, isn't The second game is the game I believe Eric Fetty started and pitched a really good game. Uh, as well, if I'm not mistaken. So um, you like to see that as well. And you thought all was going well into this third game, but then they lose 3-1 in extra innings on the third game. Um, you know, you guys know how I feel about the extra innings rule. I think it's a load of crap. 
But um, you have you yeah. haven't changed on it a little bit, Brian. You you haven't seen it and be like, no. okay, I can deal with it. You can't no, it at no, all. I'm not. I'm not a fan. I'm still not a fan. I'm, and they're getting rid of it after this year, and I'm very happy about that. I mean, it was this is. I mean, it adds a different dynamic to the game, I guess. Nah, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I, I don't like it. I don't like it. It's it's not real baseball to me. Um, and it obviously yeah, we talked hurt. about it before. I think I'm I'd be okay with it if it was starting in like the eleventh inning. But yeah, it, it, no, it I was starting the ninth inning. Like yeah, that. I can't start right after the ninth inning. I I can't I can't get on board with that. But they're getting rid of it after this year, which is good. Uh, um, and it hurt the Nationals in this game. Obviously, they lost three one. They gave up two runs in extra innings. Um, hand takes the loss home that that sucks obviously um and that just set off what was a really crappy weekend for them in baltimore this weekend i don't even want to talk about this <laughs> i don't even want to talk about this series because it was just horrible one for the fact that max couldn't pitch and then the so-called trade rumors come out and i saw actually another post come out today saying that he isn't opposed to he isn't going to invoke his no trade clause if he is to be traded so i'm not sure how i feel about that robbie how do you feel about that uh i mean i i don't want us to trade max i i wanted him to like retire a national so i don't and I don't, I don't want us to like. I wanted us to keep Trey as well. I, I don't know. I feel frustrated because, I, I understand those are very valuable assets, and so it could be very tempting to move them. But like, I would still rather build a team around those guys and maybe shed some of the other contracts. But I don't really know the answer. I don't know who people really want, or if you can make enough moves, or if honestly is just to shed some players and then to restock the minor league. So that way you play for futures, you know, like there's some talk that our minor league teams are a little bit bare. And maybe I think I saw a stat somewhere saying that we were like bottom five in the league in prospects currently in a, in a minor league. And um, so there could be some need uh, for trying to get some prospects back if we truly don't think that there's anything left of this season. Uh, but it's tough because you're sort of in that spot right now where I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Brian, do you think we're, we should be in sell now mode? Um, well, I would not trade Trey Turner. Absolutely not. I would keep Trey Turner at all costs. I think he's a player you absolutely want to build around. And same with Scherzer, too. I don't know why they trade Scherzer, especially like some of the rumors I've been seeing, like they want to trade him to the Mets. Like that makes no sense. Why would they trade him to the Mets? Oh, why would they trade him in, oh, in the oh, division? Oh. I saw, I saw the Giants. Now, if, if Rizzo trades Scherzer to the Mets, I'm going to need bail money because I'm going to go down there and <laughs> Rizzo. I'm going to need y'all to raise some bail money for me because that would be an, one of the most asinine trades <laughs> I've ever heard of in my life. I saw it on Twitter today. Somebody was talking about it, and it makes no sense to me either, but I don't know. Um, I, I wouldn't trade those guys. But there are guys on this team that I would – consider trading at this point with the way the season's going right now i would consider trading a guy like josh bell or josh harrison or um even if you can move kyle schwarber move kyle schwarber someone like that uh there are players on the scene that i think that you can definitely move and get players and prospects back for um but i would not like under no circumstances would i ever consider trading trey turner for example i don't know 
what why they would even remotely think that's a possibility because Trey's really good, and and Scherzer, I, I don't really get that one either. I, I don't I don't really get it either. I I mean, Rizzo said they were going to be buyers and sellers. That was before you know the two and four week when they were coming out of the All Star break and were hoping to you know get on a positive swing like we've seen this team do before. So, I mean, as I mentioned, the prospects have been bad. We have traded some of our prospects to, you know, get players to, you know, put a bandaid on a broken leg in certain situations. So, I mean, if I can, like I said, I can't, I can ever see trading Trey. I was upset when they let him go the first time and were able to get him back. And he was a key member of the team. He's a five, two player. I mean, just look at what he's done so far this season. I mean, first time All Star. I know his stock is high right now, but I'm not sure who they have behind him who they think could do what he does. But he's he's not easily replaced with what all he does in the infield and at the plate. And um, Scherzer. I mean, like Robbie said, I after he signed that deal that with the deferred money that he'll be getting paid to like 2035, I figured he was going to retire national. And I mean, you know, like I said, Rizzo has done a hell of a job since he's been here. I'm not going to question him on, you know, until I see what, you know, comes out of it. If they do trade him, what, what they want to get for him. But I can't see trading those two guys either. I mean, it just, yeah, I can't. Nah, <laughs> I don't want to see that. Uh, let's get into this uh, three-game set against the Orioles. It's currently still 4-3, top of the seventh. Two men on, two out, and an unfortunate line out by Josh Harrison that uh, didn't get out of the infield. But if it did, it would have definitely would have been a run scored. But middle of the seventh, Nationals up 4-3 still. Uh, going to the bottom of the seventh, and hopefully both. That's right, but he took both. Thought they got Finnegan in there. I like Finnegan. He's been back off the IL. But uh, going back, I think to- it's Clay. Actually, I think it's Sam Clay. Oh, Clay. Yeah, I'm not really sold on him, but he's he's pitched well. But I'm not. I really don't have the confidence in him. Finnegan. I don't know why. I like when he comes in because he he pretty much dominates when he comes in there. Clay sometimes can give up a home run or two. So yeah. Yes, yeah, so it's a little weary. But uh, let's get into this unfortunate sweep in the Battle of the Beltway versus the Orioles. The first game was a 6-1 loss. Uh, Paul Fry earned the victory for the Orioles. He went one in the third, giving up no hits, no runs with three strikeouts. Patrick Corbin continued on his inconsistent season, drops him to 6-9. and nine. He went five in the third, giving up five hits, five runs, four of those earned with four strikeouts and one walk. Uh, Josh Bell homered to account for the lone run for the Nationals. Uh, the second game of the series was a 5-3 loss. Matt Harvey, ex-Met, earned his fifth victory of the season going six innings, giving up one hit, no runs with four strikeouts. John Lester, who filled in for Max Scherzer, uh, Took the loss, dropped him to three and five. He went five innings, getting three hits, three runs, with two strikeouts and one walk. Uh, Dylan Tate earned the victory for the Orioles. I mean, earned the save. I'm sorry, his second 
He went one inning, giving up one hit, no runs with two strikeouts. Um, Juan Soto hit a solo home run in the seventh, and Trey Turner had a RBI single in the eighth. And uh, two RBI double, I'm sorry. And that accounts for the three runs for the Nationals. And the final game of the series where the Nationals tried to salvage and at least win one of these games, went into the ninth inning with the lead. And unfortunately, Brad Hand found a way to have a flashback to, I guess, the playoffs when he imploded and did the same thing this game. Cole Solcer earned the victory for the Orioles, going a third of an inning, giving up no hits, no runs, no strikeouts, no walks. Brad Hand earned the loss, and I say earned the loss because he definitely earned it by walking the bases loaded. He uh, dropped a five and four. He went a third of an inning, giving up one hit, two runs, no strikeouts, and one walk. Didn't he walk the bases loaded, Brian? It's saying one walk. No, no, he, that's right. He only he gave up a hit and then there oh, was one walk. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Excuse me. As I said, I've been drinking earlier, so I had a bad recollection of that. Game. It all happened really fast, so it kind of felt like he walked the bases loaded, yeah, I guess. It, I had a bad feeling when he came into the game off the break because I looked and saw it was an American League team. I was like, uh, one run. If it was a three-run lead, he's going for the save. Okay, I feel a little bit better because Davey had time to take him out before he gave up all three runs. But the one-run lead against the American League team, I have no confidence with this guy whatsoever. Daniel Hudson came from Toronto. I had his utmost confidence in him when he came in the game. He did blow some saves. But for the most part, he came in, handled his business, and did what he's supposed to do. I haven't felt that comfort level with Brad Hand whatsoever at any point in this season. And it looked like we just got breaking news on the Capitals front. Brendan Dillon has been traded to Winnipeg for a pair of second-round picks from the Jets. That just came through not two seconds ago. Yeah, I'm reading about it right now. Um, <laughs> interesting. Uh, all right, two so it's two second round picks, right? That's what I got, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Um, yeah, there's still talks that we're going to move some prospects and some D players around, maybe, uh, to um, uh, to try to get Nate Schmidt back from Vancouver, or um, there's talk about trying to get Schultz back or Schmidt back, or there's all these talk about all these former capitals, um. Uh, yeah, nice. Bernie is just letting me know. Uh, yeah, Bernie and Dylan traded Winnipeg for 2022 and 2023 second round picks. So it's one each year. Um, cool. Uh, Bernie made some really bold, uh, assumptions in our draft that I'll talk about a little bit later that came true. So he's, uh, uh, been a really good insider that we've had. So I appreciate Bernie as always. Um, all right. So have you you've gone over how many of the baseball games, those games? Yeah, this is the last, uh, the last game of the Orioles series when Brad Hand gave up a one-run lead and ended up, you know, letting the Orioles walk off and sweep the Nationals. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman had a three-run home run in the top of the six. And... I don't even want to talk about the rest of it. Like I say, Brad Hand, me and Brian have had conversations offline about this guy. I didn't understand the signing when they signed him. 
I didn't understand why they didn't resign Doolittle. But I actually, I have a good segue because you don't want to talk about it. I actually have somebody on the line that does. Go right ahead. All right, Tim, do you want to come on in? We got our own expert, our Orioles insider, uh, Tim, uh, who I'm sure was happy uh, that he got three wins uh, this weekend. Uh, how are you doing today, Tim? Uh, doing pretty well. Um, yeah, it was a good series for the Orioles. It's not uh, really important to their season because they're not they're tanking, but uh, it was kind of weird to see the Orioles win. I feel like the Nationals maybe lost some heart thinking that they're going to get a lot of players traded. So they really didn't come with the energy. And uh, Scherzer getting scratched, I think, was a big deal. It probably um, – I think he was hurt, but, you know, there's a lot of rumors around the team, so that probably distracted the Nationals too. And uh, the Orioles have been playing better after the All-Star break. They've been 6-3. and three. They finally won a game in Tampa, which is very rare for them. So – they're not playing quite as bad. Um, they're playing pretty loose, and uh, Mancini's been good. So hopefully the Orioles will will hold on to him somehow. Yeah, I hope they don't trade Mancini. That would suck. Yeah, he's uh he's the he's a by far the most popular player, and uh, he's been a good story this year. Did well in the home run derby, but um, the Orioles are bad. Uh, tanking is in in the MLB. There's a lot of teams basically is bad but um it's been a rough year so one thing i do want to mention did you carl did you talk about the player of the week award for um for juan soto or was it player of the month it was one of them that came across today right it was player of the month uh the reigning player of the month right now till the end of july he uh came out the all-star break you know hot he went into the all-star break you know a little inconsistent the home run derby definitely helped his swing out and he came out hot unfortunately he's cooled off a little bit and uh the team has also and it's uh yeah it's not looking good right now for the national they have to figure out something and get some consistency from either their starting pitching or their bullpen because neither one of them has been consistent enough this season to sustain a, a nice run to get them back in and they had a a run earlier in the season, but then that's before they went on that losing streak. And now, you know, they're back in fourth place when they were in second, two games above 500. Now they're you know, eight games below 500 after the All-Star break and trying to figure it out, which is never a good thing. It's right before the trade deadline, so I'm sure some moves are going to be made. But um, we all, I've mentioned over and over again, there's going to be three teams coming out of the West, so there isn't going to be a wild card. So if you don't win the division, you're not going to the playoffs. You know, simple as that. So they got to figure something out. Mets are playing good ball. The Phillies are back in in the second place. The Braves are still playing better than the Nats, and they lost Kuna Jr. for the rest of the season with the blown ACL. So I know this team has injuries also, but they had injuries in the World Series series uh, season, and they found a way to overcome. They got to find a way I just don't I just don't think we had that that same veteran presence that we had before that could you know find a way to get it done you see Ryan Zimmerman's in the lineup more now they had him in more of a pinch hitting role but we see them getting him in the game more with his bat and his experience to be a leader on the field along with with his bat at the plate so hopefully this team can figure something out and get a winning streak going like we've seen him do before and get back in this NL East race 
So U.S. men's got uh, sixth place in this uh, men's 200. Uh, so that's cool. So um, it, did this game start? I feel like this game is taking forever. It's almost 10 o'clock and we're only in the seventh inning. Was there a rain delay? No, right? It's no, just, uh, no, it's just a really long, really long game. game. Okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's what I was like. Wow. Houston this is baseball. Yeah. All righty. Let me go over the upcoming schedule real fast. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we continue the series uh, versus Philadelphia. There's 705 starts on Tuesday and Wednesday and a 105 matinee on Thursday. And then uh, we start a uh, series against the Cubs uh, Friday at 705 on the 30th, um, Saturday, July 31st at 705. Those are uh, both home games. And then on Sunday, uh, it's another matinee 105 game. Uh, in Washington. And then next week we play another series uh, against Philadelphia, this time in Washington. So next week at 7.05, uh, we will be talking about this exact same matchup. Um, but uh, real quickly, uh, Carol, what are your thoughts on Philadelphia and the Cubs coming up? Well, seven games in seven days. There are eight games in the 500. They got to win at least three out of four against the Phillies and got to win two out of three against the Cubs if they want to get back in this thing. It's still early. There's still plenty of baseball left, but they got to start putting together some consistent baseball and winning baseball in order to get back in this race. And the time is, you know, time is now, and they got to make it happen. So, you know, I'm not saying they're going to win three out of four, the way they, you know, gave up the lead in this game quickly, you know, still close. But um, they got to make a move sooner or later, and this is the time. We thought it would be last week when they had two last-place teams. Unfortunately, didn't go that way. Now you got a second-place team, and I believe the Cubs in second place in the Central also. So they got to answer the bell sooner or later. Right. So one thing I wanted to note, you notice how there was seven games in seven days, as you said. They actually don't have a day off until August 9th. They play every day between now and then. So, um, you know, th there isn't an off day to get things right. They just got to kind of have to find their way. And uh, some interesting matchups, you know, there'll be Philadelphia and then it will uh, be Atlanta and then the Mets and then Atlanta again. So, I mean, if they want to make moves in the division, they're going to have to beat some of these divisional opponents. Um, before we end this segment, Brian, any final thoughts on Philadelphia? Um, and, oh, and then I'll get Carol's thoughts on Chicago. Um, yeah, uh, the Philly series, uh, like Carol said, they really got to win two out of three uh, to have any chance to get back into this divisional race at, at the bare minimum two out of three, if not a sweep. Otherwise, they really got to consider selling, I think. Um, and as far as the Cubs series goes, uh, I'm assuming my foot's feeling well. I'm going to be going to the game on Friday. And um, it's kind of interesting because the Nats and Cubs could be looking very different by the time that Friday game rolls around. Um, the Cubs are kind of in the same boat as the Nats where they might be sellers. They might not be. They're kind of like trying to decide what to do. So both of these teams could be looking very different by the time the series rolls around on Friday. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but these teams could be very, very different squads. Yeah. Um... I'm actually going to a baseball game as well uh, on Friday, but I'm going to see the Frederick Keys uh, taking Zach for his birthday. Um, and we're going with uh, Tommy and Denise and, and Liz as well. So uh, we're excited. We're big Frederick Keys fans. We got to go to their first win of the season. 
Um, sadly, they're no longer affiliated with uh, the Orioles or any of the uh, major league teams, but they're still a fun watch. So uh, I'll give you guys a, an update. I know that people are dying to know about how the Frederick Keys do, uh, but I'll let you know next week on that. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, I'm excited that you're going to get to go. I've yet to actually go to a, a Nats game. It's funny. I've been to a Frederick Keys game since the, uh, this whole thing started, but I have yet to go to a Nats and Orioles game. So I have to make that happen here um, soon. Uh, Carol, your quick thoughts on Chicago for the weekend series. I said they got to they got to win at least two out of three to get back, you know, get back in this division race. You know, luckily the Mets haven't pulled too far ahead and they still have a chance, but they got to do it now. Simple as that. Yeah, uh, that was a, a good strikeout right there uh, to end the seventh inning. Uh, the guy was uh, was running, but it, it was a nice uh, pitch. And uh, yeah, um, they got out of that jam right there. I like, I like fitting it, man. I like him. Yeah, so they're yeah, holding consistent. One, one run lead, so it's it's, uh, it's tight. We'll definitely uh, give more baseball updates uh, throughout uh, the rest of this. Uh, Carol, any final thoughts before we uh, switch gears and talk a little bit of NBA Finals and bring a run in? No, pretty much just uh, going to sit back and watch the Nats game. If anything happens, I chime in and I'm gonna just sit back and enjoy my cold adult beverage. Sounds good. All right. Um, all right. We'll let Carol uh, enjoy the baseball game and root on. I also have that on. I also have uh, swimming on. We'll talk a little bit of Olympics. We're gonna bring in Arun right now on video. Um, let's see if this works. All right, I am going to share my screen. Hold on, let me see. It's been a while since we've done this. Um, all right, so we're going to switch to the NBA Finals view. And let me do one more thing. And exit full screen there. And that should work. All right, I did it. I remembered. All right. Um, first of all, Arun, hi, how are you doing tonight? Not bad, uh going through some NBA withdrawal, but at least there's Olympic basketball. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about both this and Olympic basketball because um, it's interesting. Uh, we hadn't lost a game in a very, very long time. Unfortunately, uh, France uh, beat us. But before we get into that, I know that you guys have done a great job of uh, breaking down and uh, joining Brian to talk about the NBA finals. I've been watching uh, all your great roundtables, so I appreciate you guys for carrying on Without me, it's been a very exciting NBA Finals. You know, Phoenix Suns were up to nothing. Kind of thought it was going to go a very specific direction in this series. And then um, uh, Giannis put on uh, some black Air Force Ones. And some people think that that changed all the luck in the series. Uh, they said it was stomping shoes. And uh, he was able to uh, put together four straight wins and uh, win a championship. First time in 50 years for Milwaukee. So... Um, exciting uh, time for Bucks fans. Um, you guys have broken down games one through five. Great. I won't rehash any of that other than going into this last game. Milwaukee obviously had a three, two lead. Uh, I'll break down the scoring real quick. Uh, we'll talk about some of the players, obviously, uh, one player in particular stood out. Um, it started off with Milwaukee, uh, taking a pretty commanding lead. They had this opportunity to win this at home and not have to go back to Phoenix. And I think from the, from the start, they really uh, put a lot of pressure on. They scored 29 points and held the Phoenix Suns to just 16. Uh, but the Phoenix Suns uh, were not done. Uh, they outscored them 31 to 13 
uh, in that second quarter. And then in the third quarter, uh, Milwaukee outscored them 35 to 30. But it was still very close. And it was close all the way up into the final two minutes of this game. About two or three minutes left, I kind of thought that Milwaukee was just going to pull away with it. Uh, it never like got a big gap, but I just didn't think that it was necessarily in doubt either. Uh, but uh, Milwaukee was able to outscore 28 to 21 in the fourth quarter. Uh, obviously, um, uh, Giannis... Um, had an incredible game. He really, it just, his story about from getting injured uh, to coming back uh, to and being a dominant force in this series, 50 points in a series uh, clincher is incredible. I uh, said two assists and 14 rebounds. Um, uh, Chris Middleton uh, played well uh, at 17 points. Uh, Drew Holiday at 12. Lopez at 10. Uh, Bobby Portis. Uh, many Wizards fans might remember uh, uh, 16 points uh, and um, yeah, you know it was a cast of characters that helped uh, Giannis but it was really all Giannis uh, and then on the Sun side uh, Chris Paul did play well scored 26 points uh, and a couple other players did okay as well Devin Booker put up 19 not to say bad numbers uh, but and it wasn't like that they got crushed it was only a 7 point victory in the end but uh, I just kind of felt like Milwaukee came in, asserted themselves, and kind of dominated. I'm going to get each one of your guys' take on this game, and then your overall take uh, after that on the Milwaukee Bucks in the first championship in our lifetime. Uh, I'm going to start off with Brian and get his uh, take on uh, on this performance uh, and this final game in the NBA Finals. Yeah, uh, it, this is obviously an incredible performance by Giannis. He's the Bucks scored 105 points and he scored 50 of them. I mean, just incredible effort. But what I think is most impressive is we've always talked about how, how much Giannis really sucks from the free throw line, but he was 16 of 18 from the line in this game. Um, his best performance from the free throw line probably ever. Um, and it was just, it was incredible. Um, so, you know, and I was impressed with um, Middleton, I think played well too in this game really it was Giannis and everybody else. Uh, but I was impressed with Bobby Portis. Um, as a Knicks fan, I watched Bobby Portis when we had him last year. And if you had told me that he was going to be a huge part of a team that wins the NBA Finals, I honestly wouldn't have believed you. So um, that's just crazy to me. He was like the fourth person they interviewed on ABC after the Bucks won the Finals. So, um, yeah, I'm really happy for Milwaukee. Um, obviously, they've been waiting a really long time. But there's, at the same time, I also feel really bad for Chris Paul. Um, you know, this is probably the closest he'll ever come to winning the NBA finals. I don't know if he's ever going to get back to this situation and they had a two Oh lead in the series. So it sucks for him. Like I, I really do at this, as happy as I am for Giannis and as happy as I am for the bucks, I feel really bad for Chris Paul as well. Um, uh, but yeah, great, great for the bucks. Great for Milwaukee. I'm happy for them. Um, and, um, they deserve it. They, they were the best team for sure. Yeah. Uh, Tim, what are some of your thoughts on uh, this uh, final game? It was uh, kind of reminiscent of uh, game five in the sense that the home team took a huge first quarter lead and looked really dominant, but then had a terrible second quarter and the tables were turned. So, I mean, Milwaukee definitely uh, pulled away when it mattered, like you said, and it, it wasn't really in doubt. I mean, it was an exciting game and every possession counted at the end, but, you know, it just looked like the home crowd was going to steer him to the victory. But I mean, I clearly Milwaukee just 
was way way more mentally tough this year than past years. They I think they needed those crushing losses to um, really come through the adversity this year. They came back in the Brooklyn series. I think that was probably the most impressive victory they had the whole playoffs and. Really, that was kind of, you know, going to decide the finals winner probably in the end. So I think that kind of steeled their nerves. And they never freaked out when they went down 2-0. They're used to doing that and coming back. And like Brian said, I mean, this is probably Chris Paul's last trip to the final. You have to imagine he scored 26 points. So he really did play well in the second half. He hit some shots, but, um, you know, he wasn't able to counter 50 and that was one of the best finals performances you know in many many years for Giannis overall just a couple 50 point games and I think he's going to be remembered you know like a top 10 player because of this finals so great great for him but you got to feel bad for Phoenix uh they've lost two finals four to two and arguably they could have won both they were very competitive but um I guess they'll have to wait many more years to uh, get a ring. Yeah, crazy. Um, Arun, I know you always got some interesting stats. What sort of things did you notice in the series? Yeah, obviously the honest 50 points was huge. He's the only player to have 50 points. I mean, he's the only player to have a defensive player of the year, multiple MVPs other than Michael Jordan. So he joins that club and an NBA Finals MVP. Um, it was just not a good game for the Phoenix Suns overall. I know Chris Ball had 26 points, but they didn't even put Drew Holiday on him in this game. They decided to put him on Devin Booker, and Booker struggled. He was 0-7 from three-point range. Even though he had 19 points, he could have done better. And Chris Paul probably could have had an even better game. He had 26 points, but um, in the closeout game against the Clippers, he had 40 plus points, and he also had 37 points in a closeout game against Denver. So Chris Paul kind of had to pick it up because his teammates weren't doing much, including Aiton. He had 12 points, and as you guys mentioned, Bobby Portis had 16 points, and that was just probably the difference of this game, along with Giannis hitting his free throws. Uh, Middleton didn't play really that well, but. He hit the key shot down the stretch that put them up by six points, and that probably sealed the win with a minute to go. And Drew Holiday was four of, like, 19 from the field, but he played really good defense on Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Um, he's probably the second most valuable player of this series, but obviously Giannis was um, really awesome. And he also followed it up by ordering 50 chicken minis the next day at Chick-fil-A. So shout out to him for eating. I'm happy you mentioned that. If anyone missed that, they got it was on Instagram and then ESPN reposted it a, a couple of days ago. That is one of the funnest videos I've seen in a long time. Just you can clearly tell he has not been sleeping all night. He's ordering all sorts of things, letting people come in, like take pictures and touch the trophy. My favorite part was like the team's looking for the trophy. I'm out here. I got to let them know where it is. Like it, it was, it was funny. It was great. I, I, it reminded me of like back with Ovi jumping in fountains. Like those, that's what championships are all about. Just fun moments like that. And uh, just congratulations to him. And just, you know, I'm just so impressed that they were able to stick with a plan and he really didn't want to leave. And we want to want, wanted to win a championship 
with Milwaukee and he saw it through. Uh, a lot of players uh, don't do that anymore. A lot of players move around. I mean, there's already talk of Kawhi, where is he going to go next? And, you know, is Chris Paul going to opt out and go somewhere else? And, you know, it, there's just all these rumors already. And it's just, it's refreshing to see that he didn't really need a super team. And I know that some people think that, you know, Chris Middleton and some of these other players are good, but I think, you know, I don't, I don't want, they're all, they are all-stars. I don't want to try to devalue them, but they didn't make a super team. Like you can have multiple all-stars on a team and not have it be a team of super players from other teams that come together to win it. Right. There, there's something different about that, at least for me. And, you know, I thought that was really impressive. And I liked the Phoenix Suns story too. I wasn't like I was rooting against Phoenix. I was honestly, it was one of the most neutral finals I've seen in a long time for myself. Like often I find myself really rooting for one team or the other, but I liked both stories. I'm very happy for Milwaukee. I do feel a little bad for Phoenix. Um, I thought that they had a great story too. Um, They got me rooting for them uh, by the time they had gotten to the finals as well. I'll let each one of you guys give a final thought about just overall, you know, Milwaukee having the championship and any other thoughts you have about the NBA season. And then we'll talk a little bit about Olympic basketball as well. So uh, Brian, I'll let you uh, talk first about uh, what you think this first championship means Uh, first. Well, in our lifetime, I mean, it's not the first ever, but you know, 50 years is a long time. Yeah. um, Yeah. This is great. Obviously Bucks fans are really passionate. We've seen it with how loud, not only how loud they are in the arena, but how loud they are outside the arena in the deer district. There were 65,000 people outside the arena at that game uh, on Tuesday night. It was a lot of people and Milwaukee party like crazy. I agree with what you said about the video about the Chick-fil-A. I think it's hilarious. Um, It just goes to show you how much Milwaukee loves Giannis and Giannis loves Milwaukee. Uh, So I'm glad he stayed. I hope he never leaves Milwaukee. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I hope he never leaves Milwaukee because it's a great story with him being there. And uh, they absolutely deserve this title. Yeah. Tim, what are some of your thoughts? I'm really, yeah, I'm really excited for the city because Milwaukee, you know, they have the Packers pretty close, but they don't win a lot of championships, especially uh, Milwaukee city. So they they had 60,000 people or something there. And I thought Giannis, besides the Chick-fil-A run, which was hilarious, he made the great joke at the press conference that he was demanding a trade. And, uh, you know, because a lot of people thought he was going to leave. So you have to give him a ton of credit. And I hope he calls Bradley Beal and tells him to stay in D.C. because uh, one day if Beal perfects his game, he could do something like that. Um I mean, I don't believe that, but maybe one day. So I'm, but I'm just glad that um, it wasn't, it wasn't the the big teams, the Lakers, no offense. Um, um, You know, teams like Golden State again, it was refreshing to have two teams that rarely make it this far. Like you said, both, both cities are great stories. Either, either city winning would have been kind of heartwarming. So I thought that was kind of, you know, exciting. And then it was a great series. The only thing that that could have been better is if it went to game seven, but at the same time, I'm glad that Drew Holiday got on that plane because he was the only good American yesterday. So good for him. Right. I, I agree with that. And also 
you know, it would have been sad for the Bucks to win in Phoenix. Like the only way that that story ends yeah. right is if Phoenix wins in Phoenix. So, um, you know, I was happy that the Bucks were able to win in front of their home fans. Um, and so that was kind of cool. And, uh, you know, the city erupting and all that. Uh, but I agree with you. Um, you know, I just wanted more basketball at that point. I was kind of hoping for overtime, um, but and it was it was close at the end, uh, and it was exciting. Uh, Arun, any final uh, thoughts that you have on uh, this NBA Finals? Yeah, uh, shout out to Dante DiVincenzo for getting a championship ring, even though he didn't play. It's the second championship I believe he's won that he's been injured, won at Villanova as well. And, um, yeah, Giannis – great performance, all-time great, and he completed his Kobe challenge of winning a championship, so congrats to Giannis. Yeah, for sure. All right, so um, I, I know that some of you guys haven't really watched the Olympics that much. Have you, all of you guys watched the NBA side or the basketball side of the Olympics or uh, not any at all? I'll start with you, Brian. Have you watched – you said you just watched basketball, is that right? I, I watched Team USA, yeah. I watched the game against France. Yeah, Tim, unfortunately Tim did you watch that game no I mean I know what happened I followed yeah. it okay so. have you watched any Olympics at all I'm, yeah I've watched some highlights like uh I work with several people from the Philippines and they won their first ever gold medal today female um weightlifter so oh, that's kind of cool I, I watched that video randomly at work which was fun yeah that's cool um that's one of the things I like about the Olympics is it's kind of random like sometimes i'll find myself watching a sport that i would never ever watch before just you know uh on a whim i haven't watched as much um of the olympics this uh week just because uh there was so much nhl draft stuff which we'll talk about in just a minute and my phone's been blowing up i got a lot of information about some of these moves and how moves that we think might still be coming so we'll talk about that at the end of uh, the show i know there's, there's people actually commenting on facebook live uh, wondering if we had talked about hockey yet we have not really we broke some of the news but we'll talk a little bit more uh in a second uh but i i know that as the games go on i'll definitely watch more of it arun did you watch the um the uh, basketball game yeah i watched the u.s basketball game and the u.s women's soccer team win against new zealand but that's about it okay great so we'll talk about uh, those um, things. Well, Tim, uh, is there any is there any other Olympic things that you would like to talk about? Because then we can let you go if you haven't watched the basketball game. I don't want you to talk have to talk about a game you don't know much about. But um, uh, no, I mean, I'm just kind of sad that Ledecky got silver. But like we said this morning, she ran a great race. Um, she can't. She went against a monster. So that's sad. But Maryland's still a dominant Olympic force. I'm very proud of my state. That's all yeah, that's so here's a headline, right? Third fastest time ever she took silver. So it's not like she do? did Come bad. Um, and she actually had numbers that were close to uh, what they were getting at Rio, I wanted to say. Um, you know, because I think her time at Rio is the fastest time ever, right? I think she is the, yeah. uh, the, the record. And so it was only just below that was uh, who she lost to. And this was the best time that she had had in five years. Uh, so she did really well. And I'll just quickly mention another person from uh, the state of Maryland, uh, Chase. Um, he won the men's 400 meter individual medal. Um, he got gold in that. And he's going to be uh, racing in the men's 200 meter individual medley uh, 
Uh, so people don't know an individual medley means you do all four different strokes. And in this case, you do 400 meters of that in, in, uh, in total. Uh, so it's cool that another Maryland person, he had uh, actually said that uh, obviously Phelps was his idol. And it's just kind of cool that uh, some of the best swimmers in the world uh, over the last you know 20 years and maybe of all time have all come from Maryland. So I just thought that's kind of cool, especially because we're a DMV uh, podcast. So I did want to just uh, mention that real quickly. Um, and uh, so, uh, but uh, well, Tim, I really appreciate you helping to break down basketball all season long. Uh, and I know that uh, basketball season will be around just before you know it, but if you always ever want to talk about any other sports, you're always welcome here. And yeah. uh, and congratulations for the Orioles. I know uh, Carol doesn't want to hear it, uh, but I know that you're a big Orioles fan. Uh, so congratulations on uh, that. Right now in the bottom of the eighth, uh, it's 4-3. Uh, Nats are still up. There's two men on. There's two outs. Uh, so we'll see uh, if they can get out of this jam. Uh, the count is one and two there. But Tim, thank you as always uh, for helping us break down basketball all season long. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a good night. Have a great rest of the show. It was a good, uh, good segment. Thank you so much. All right. So uh, Arun and Brian, uh, I'll let you guys help uh, me break it down. I actually will be honest. I didn't get to watch uh, this game, so I'll rely on you guys. I was shocked because uh, the Team USA was winning uh, towards the end, but a, a big run by uh, France uh, kind of um, – you know, gave them the win. Brian, I'll let you give your take first on this game. Um, you're right. USA did lead for a good portion of the game, but then just at the end, France went on like, like a 12 or 13 0 run and just really pulled away. Um, USA just at times just did not look right. Like it just looked like they were, they were just letting France like take over at times. And uh, I, I mean, guys like, France is a good team. They've got Rudy Gobert, obviously, who's the defensive player of the year in the NBA. They got Evan Fournier, who seems to play better. Like a lot of these guys seem to play better on the Olympic stage. I'm sure we'll talk about Luka Doncic in a minute, but I mean, I was just really not impressed from USA in this game. I really not been impressed with them over the last couple of weeks. Really, they've lost, including the exhibition games before this, three of their last four games going into the tournament. The chemistry just doesn't seem right. I don't know if Popovich is really that interested in the job, to be honest with you. Like, it doesn't, he doesn't seem like he's, he doesn't seem like he doesn't have anything to prove. So, why would he really care that much about the job? So, um, yeah, this is, this is not like my, my biggest takeaway I came away from that game was like, this is not the dream team or even the redeem team. Like, these guys are not anywhere close to that level. This is an okay team. They might be good enough to scrape by and win the gold medal, but they're not like going to dominate the way any of those teams did. I was really unimpressed with them in this game. I'm sure Arun agrees with me. Yes. Arun, what are your thoughts? I'm pulling up the stats right now. Yeah. The, the U.S. took like an early lead. They're winning by double digits. And I felt like a lot of isolation ball in the second quarter, specifically by Jason Tatum. He was one of seven, I believe, in the first half. And I mean, two. he has he had two buckets and both of them were like slam dunks, not in transition. And he was playing pretty awfully and then France closed it pretty close. And then in the fourth quarter, the U.S. actually took a seven point lead and looked like they were going to pull away. But then France went on a 14 nothing run or something like that. And one of the plays, one of France's players got injured on the play and the U.S. didn't drive the ball to the basket. Instead, they settled for a three and they missed it. 
it just comes down to maybe it's a different ball and the U.S. can't really knock down the threes pointers that they're getting. Kevin Durant was in foul trouble trying to guard Rudy Gobert. Maybe Pop, that was a bad adjustment by him having him guard Rudy Gobert. And Tatum was bad. Damian Lillard, we were down by four and they threw the ball to Lillard and he fell down on the play and he tripped Prince and they called the technical on Lillard and that sealed the game. I still think the U.S. can win, but they have to take it more seriously or at least knock down their open threes. They had a lot of good looks, and specifically guys like Tatum can't just jack up shots if they're not – isolation ball is not really going to work. Um, like the only – I guess like Rudy Gobert is the only player that would make the U.S. basketball team. I don't think – even though Evan Fournier had a great game – it's not like he's comes off the bench for the Celtics and Tatum is like scored 50 points in an NBA playoff game. So maybe the rules are different. The ball is different, but the U S is going to have to dial in more seriously. if They want to take away the goal. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the upcoming schedule right now. Um, Brian, any yeah, they other play thoughts? Iran and then they play the Czech Republic and Thomas Sadaransky from the Wizards or ex-Wizard. He's um, the Czech Republic. Got it. Um, right here, there's men's. So here are the upcoming games right here. So yeah, so we're um, so we play Iran and that's at twelve forty in the morning our time, right? At on Wednesday. Yeah, that's correct. So, okay, so 12.40 a.m. on Wednesday is the next game against Iran. We should be able to get back on track there. Again, that's our first loss in Olympic play since 2004. Um, we also play, the, is this right, Czech Republic, and that's on Saturday, and that's an 8 a.m. game. At least it's a game that's in a time that people can watch. Um, I, mean, I guess people could stay up to 12.40. I don't know how many are going to do that, though. <laughs> um, but... Um, so uh, that'll be an interesting game against Czech Republic. We still definitely have a chance to make it out of this uh, preliminary round, which is all that really matters. And then um, uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, where it goes from here. Uh, Arun, do you know about who else would be a powerhouse? Who do you think is the biggest team the United States has to worry about in this tournament? Um, the other team would be Australia with uh, Patty Mills. Like he plays like a Hall of Famer, like, in international play, Spain. And they, and they lost their first game, it says right here, to Slovenia. Yeah, obviously, Luka Doncic no, had 41 points. 48. Or 48, yeah. yeah. Uh, Spain beat Japan. Uh, Argentina beat, lost to Slovenia. Ar oh, they don't really have to worry about Argentina. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, okay. Oh, sorry. Australia. Yeah, they beat Nigeria. Okay, I see that here. And then Spain usually is pretty good. Are they? Yeah, Paul Gasol's on the team and Ricky Rubio. And they, they have a lot of, I mean, Rui just dunked all over Paul Gasol because he's 40, he's in his 40s, but they still play pretty well. And they've given the U.S. Do they have both Gasol brothers? Um. I have to double check. All I know is that I mean, Paul I know they did last time. I just don't know if both are playing this time. Yeah, so. I don't know, remember if Marcus Hall is playing or not. I know. Oh, they, oh he is. They're both. Well, they're both listed on the roster here. So, rookie Rubio. I, I know think. the Czech Republic have Jan Vesely with them, so that's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, that is interesting. <laughs> um, well, that's cool. So, um, 
that'll be good. Well, next week then uh, maybe I'll have uh, you guys join me again and we can uh, break down uh, how how those two games go um, and uh, any other uh, type of um, Olympics. Did either of you guys watch any of the other Olympic events? Um, I'll just echo what Tim said about um, good Maryland swimmers. It's just really impressive that this tiny state can produce such great swimming talent. Like even with Katie Ledecky coming in second, like that's still, she's still amazing. I'm still, I'm impressed by Katie Ledecky um, no matter what. And obviously Phelps of course was a legend. So I, I just want to echo what Tim said. I think it's really cool that Maryland has a great swimming history. Yeah. I'm going to stop the screen share there. And uh, that way, if uh, Carol wants to come back that he can, but um, yeah, well, it was, I'm sad that they lost their first game. I assume we'll break down two blowout wins uh, to come back and win the uh, the group. I assume there's three games, right, in each of the group. One, yeah, they, they reseed. Uh, so uh, that'll be interesting uh, next week. Uh, Arun and Brian, I will I'll let Arun have his first crack at it. Any final thoughts or things you want to talk about uh, before we let you go tonight? Yeah, hopefully we'll see how it turns out this week for both the Nationals and the Wizards, maybe – since the NBA draft is coming up, it'll be interesting to see if the Wizards actually trade Bradley Beal and the Nationals, if they'd trade either Max Scherzer or Trey Turner in the coming trade deadline. So that'll be interesting to follow. And uh, no RG3 news. So thanks for having me on. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Thank you, Arun. As always, I appreciate uh, your time and insight, and uh, we'll uh, we'll pick your brain about some Team USA basketball, and we'll talk a little Olympics uh, next week uh, with, with that. So I appreciate your time. And uh, Brian, let us know what's been happening lately on uh, on your podcast. And um, is there uh, – I don't you, – do, you drop shows on Fridays now, is that right? Yeah, yeah, just Fridays. Uh, I did one last Friday. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good episode where I just talked about uh, – basically the Yankees, the NBA finals. Um, I, I gave a review of space jam Two, which, uh, I watched last week, uh, and actually didn't hate as much as I thought I would, honestly. So, uh, that's all on Friday's episode. Uh, this past Friday's episode, there's going to be a new episode coming out, uh, this Friday. Uh, I asked Arun actually, if you wanted to be on it. So hopefully we're able to make that happen to talk about the NBA draft. Uh, that'll, uh, that happens. I'm really looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, it should be a good episode. Um, and also, uh, before I get out of here, D.C. United won yesterday also. They won 1-0 over the Red Bulls, New York Red Bulls. Which is good, right, because you don't like that New York I do team. not like the Red Bulls, no. Right, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so that's good. Um, all right. Well, that's uh, – well, I appreciate all that. I also help you, appreciate you helping me break down the D.C. United in soccer news as always. Uh, Team USA women's soccer, they lost their first game, but they... They won the second. They yeah. won their second game, so that's yep. good. And um, They have a big one tomorrow against Australia. It's at 4.30 in the morning. 4.30, like this upcoming in, morning? In the morning, yes. Okay, well, so people, if they want to stay up another six hours, uh, they can check out some uh, women's soccer. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, I appreciate Brian breaking it down as always. Maybe we'll have you back on to break down some more Olympic basketball next week. And uh, oh, everyone, go check out sports.thb.com. Click the uh, podcast partners button. Uh, click uh, upon further review with Brian Brennan and uh, check him out. And uh, I'm sure that you'll like it, especially if you're a fan of any of the New York teams or Space Jam, it seems. Uh, so, um, but uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for having me on, guys. Talk to you next time.
All right, sounds good. All right. Take it easy, Mike. Carol, my phone's been blowing up with this trade. Uh, a lot of a lot of stats coming out about it. Uh, let's talk a little bit of hockey here to end the show. Um, we'll talk about some things that we need to address. One thing, I thought that OV would have been signed by Friday of last week. If I was a betting person, I would have been wrong. Uh, the talk is with Brian McClellan that they're going to give him what he wants and they're going to try to sign him by Wednesday of this week. So uh, that's not too far away. The rumored price right now is four years, $10 million a year, which is about what he's being paid right now. Right now, I believe it's 9.5 is the cap hit. So it's a little raise uh, just to pay him back for all that he's been able to do for the team. Of course, you read a, a lot of conflicting things online, Carol. Some people are like, 10 million is way too much for what he could produce now. You know, he's not the same Ovechkin as he was before. We were paying less before. And then some people like me are saying we owe everything in this city due for hockey to this guy. And he deserves to get paid. And I know that this part, maybe you probably might not agree with. I'd pay for him, even if it meant us not getting anything more because he deserves it. Do I want us to win again? Of course, right? There's no doubt about that. But like, if the question is, do you not pay him and use the $10 million to like pay for young prospects and try to groom them for the future and don't pay Ovi, the answer for me is no. Carol, what are your thoughts on re-signing Ovechkin? I mean, that's a tough one. Because you want him to be a lifetime capital. You know, he's bought the cup to the, you know, DMV. And if he still feels he can play, you know, I'd say let him play $10 million. You know, and I know the hockey salary cap isn't as, you know, tentative as the NFL salary cap. So I know that's, a, you know, about 8% of the cap, 10% almost. So, I mean, I, I, I see your point. I would rather pay him and see him go somewhere else and continue to do what he does score goals and then potentially, you know, get the record for all time goal scored. So, I mean, I, I see your point and he still has plenty in the tank. He's still, you know, still being able to score and do what he does. They know when he's in the OB office that it's coming, but they still can't stop it. So as long as he has that, he's a deadly weapon on the ice and they got to pay the man to do what he does. Right. So, just to give people a couple of numbers that might not understand salary cap in the NHL, which many people don't right now, our projected cap space is at $13.6 million. So you pay him 10 million, you're left with three, right? 3.6, right? Not a lot of, not a lot of wiggle room. You still got to sign uh, Sammy. And supposedly we gave qualifying offers to Samson off today. So that means we gave him, I don't remember what the number was, but it's a number and the ability that if somebody else puts a higher number on the table that we would match because it's a restricted, I believe, free agent. So, uh, but it basically means that we get number one negotiating rights with him, but another team could put in, I believe, an offer to bump up the price, uh, but I'm not sure about that. I know that you could do that in the NFL. Um, most of the players we got to keep in this draft, let's talk about expansion draft for a second. Uh, the Kraken unfortunately took Vitek Vanacek, which you know I was hoping they wouldn't do, mostly because uh, Vitek Vanacek was a very low cap hit number for us. So if they taken anybody else, they would have given us a little bit of cap relief. But because they took him, 
uh, and we didn't have Samson off under contract yet, it kind of left us with only, you know, some of the goalies that are in um, uh, the like Craig Anderson and the Henrik Lundqvist of the world that are like injured reserve and stuff. So we don't even know what their situations and how they're going to be going forward. Uh, but uh, we have not re-signed Zdeno Chara, you know, for people who are paying attention uh, to last year's stuff. Um, and uh, actually, no, we don't even have Craig Anderson or Lundqvist under. That's right. Uh, but uh, we do have a lot of people that are non-roster, you know, Connor McMichael, uh, and there's other people uh, in, the, in the minor leagues. Uh, we did have a draft uh, this weekend. Uh, we took four defensive players including a Brent Johnson, which I think is hilarious, right? And it turns out when they're interviewing him, they're like, are you any relation to the other Brent Johnson that played for the Washington Capitals, who's on like post games and he was a goalie. And he said his parents may have actually named him after that Brent Johnson. And so, but he won't confirm or deny and the parents have never given him a straight answer. And so he challenged uh, Tariq El-Bashar to uh, interview his parents and get the real story out of them. Um, so we'll see that story obviously come out uh, in the near future. Uh, so, uh, but uh, again, four defensive players, including I believe the first three draft picks, all defensive players. Uh, Brett Johnson uh, was slated to be take, taken 75th by our own uh, Bernie, um, who, who was reporting on that. They actually uh, traded that pick to uh, the New York Rangers. So they came back a couple of spots to the 80th pick and was still able to get him and get an additional pick in this draft. So they went in with five picks, uh, came out with six. So great. They got the player they wanted at that spot and they got an extra pick out of it. So uh, that was a, a good move. Uh, they were able to get a goalie, uh, one centerman and four defensive players, uh, I believe uh, was. And so the idea was is to restock the cupboard in Hershey because a couple of the Hershey players might move up, especially on the defensive side. And then we might uh, move on from some of our defensive players because they uh, carry a really high cap hit. So that's a bit of the news from the draft side of it. Um, and uh, uh, I didn't really particularly like who the, cra the Kraken drafted. I don't think they have a very strong team, to be honest. I was much more impressed with the draft of uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. They're not done. They can still move things in free agents. They stocked the cupboard on defensive players. Like they got so many defensive players. So I got to imagine they're going to flip some of those defensive players for some forwards uh, to some, uh, some teams. Uh, I think that was their play. Their other thing that, that was very obvious very early on is they took a ton of big players, six, five and over. So they're going to be a big team, especially on the blue line. And that's going to be tough for uh, teams to um, deal with. It'll be interesting to see if that, uh, strategy works because lately a lot of teams have been going smaller and faster and uh, not as much um, bigger uh, and heavier on the defensive side. Uh, I think faster is really good for the regular season and bigger is really good in the playoffs often, but if you don't make it to the playoffs, it doesn't really matter if you've got that big heavy hitting style. So uh, it'll be interesting to see who they're able to flip what moves are still to be made. Um, and so those are some of my thoughts. I don't know if Carol, if you were paying attention to any of uh, the hockey moves, I know that you're more in football mindset and baseball this time of year, uh, but do you have any thoughts about any of those things that I talked about? I know we uh, talked about how major this off season would be for the Capitals. 
and you know, seeing if they could get back into that championship form before Obi retires. Uh, hopefully, they lock him up. <clears throat> excuse me, lock him up and get him taken care of, and then figure out the other situations out with the salary cap. But uh, they just got to get it together, and you know, try to get another Stanley Cup running because we damn sure enjoyed that season, enjoyed that championship parade, and want to go to another one, honestly. And uh, quick segue to the Nationals. They are up 5-3 now, going into the bottom of the ninth. Uh, Victor Robles reached on an error, and uh, I'll see this. Escobar scored to give the Nats a 5-3 lead, going into the bottom of the ninth with Brad Hand taking the mound, looking to secure the save to win the first game of this series versus the Phillies. So hopefully the Nats can get it done. Yeah, indeed. I can't believe this baseball game with no delay might outlast our podcast that started so late. I don't, I just don't like, I'm it's still no kind baseball, of, man. It's just crazy, man. I mean, this is now three and a half hour game, right? And it's no delay. And we're now going to the bottom of the ninth. Um, and uh, we got Brad Hand on. It's tough because I really wanted this game to be over and in the books before I left. I wanted to know how this game turned out. So we might just stay here and cover uh, this uh, bottom of the ninth inning live. I really want it in the books, right, Carol? I mean, it's, it's hey, so man. Important. Hey, look, look. I already told you how I feel about Brad Hand. I've been drinking. <laughs> I'm trying to keep us on the air now. I told you I don't. I mean, it's not an American League team, but I really don't have that much time. It's a two-run lead. But if something happens... Yeah, well, I get, get the beat button ready because I might be dropping some f bombs <laughs> and some other things on the air. Right there, we go. It'll make for some good clips for Twitch. I'll, I'll, we'll put it that way. So. Yeah, man, I really don't have no confidence <laughs> in this dude takes the mound, but we're going to see what happens. Five three lead, bottom of the ninth. And, and uh, uh, I'll, I'll tell you real quickly, uh, we got uh, Tom Cobble. I uh, was referencing the last pick at goalie. The dude is six six, and he credits Andre Vasilevsky as uh, his greatest influence. So it's always good to have a big goalie in the pipeline. Um, so, um, you know, we'll see uh, what we do with, uh, with goalies. A lot of goalies that we've liked in the past might be available via trade uh, or free agency. We have Philip Grubauer, who might be available. Uh, Braden Holpe, a return in a trade, uh, might be there. Oh, shit. Is that fair? God yeah. damn it. Lead off double by Brad Hand giving up. Yeah. Oof. That's not a good way to start. Maybe, oh, I'm, re- maybe I'm regretting this decision right off the bat. Uh, but you can watch us be really mad live on air to end the show. Um, and then uh, Tom says, how come the Nats can't beat the O's? It's a good question. I'm not, I'm not sure uh, what the Orioles have. But the Orioles have kind of done this all season, where they've come around with some uh, you know, timely wins on their, on their end. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why they have to come to us. Um, but uh, who knows? That's a tough one. Um, but all right, Carol. So real quickly, you know, we'll watch baseball. We'll talk a little hockey while we watch a little baseball. What are your thoughts on Kuznetsov? Do you want to give him another shot at this or do you want to move him and see what we can get and see if we can get a couple of players in return for him? Uh, like I said last week, I was surprised that they, you know, protected him and didn't let him go. But like you said, with his contract, probably nobody would take him anyway. Well, so it's interesting because I was looking into that a little bit more and I wanted to talk about that. So it's a good segue. It I don't know. 
I originally thought, oh, he's got a no trade clause, so we had to protect him. But it turns out you have to have a no move clause, which they're different in hockey. So a no trade clause means specific teams that you decide that they can't do it. But if that team didn't exist, then they're not on that list. But there was one player on the Washington Capitals who has a no move clause. And do you know who that was, Carol? Want to make a guess? Uh, Ovi? Well, no, because he's not signed. Oh, uh, hmm. There we go. Very well, well played. So Nicholas Backstrom is the only one uh, who had a no move clause and we had to protect him. So that's a fun fact um, uh, that uh, Gil let me know about uh, that I, I, I didn't know. Um, so it turns out even if you've got a no trade, you could still be picked up in an expansion draft. Uh, so that's a, a good, interesting little tidbit. But I agree with you. I, I think that the problem is, is he still has value. Right. And so you're, the question is, do you give up that value for nothing or do you try to trade that value? And, you know, they gambled and unfortunately, I think lost. I think Pete Panacek is a really good player. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, that's what I'm shaking my head at. Brad Hand with a wild pitch putting the uh, secure on third base with no outs. Yikes. So, um, uh, right now, uh, we're talking birthdays on Twitch chat. Um, you know, Carly just turned 25. She's one of my moderators. We got Champ, who's another one of my moderators in Twitch uh, chat. It's his birthday on Wednesday. So happy birthday, Champ. What's um, up, Champ? Happy birthday, bro. And uh, so that'll be exciting. I know he's doing a show, I believe, at 7 o'clock on his channel. Um, and uh, so uh, on the True No Spots, I'll give a quick shout out there. Uh, and then I know that Carly... Uh, I'll give a quick little shout out for her uh, since she's modeling for me as well. I know that she just moved into her tiny home up in Maine. Uh, so uh, she's going to be doing a mobile stream from the tiny home. I believe it's Wednesday and Thursday of this week at noon, but she can correct me in chat if I'm wrong on that. And Champ says, what's up uh, to you, CP3? So again, we got two and two count, bottom of the ninth, man on third. Ah, a nice pitch. I like that pitch. Got our first out right there. Got him swinging. Uh, what are your thoughts on that uh, pitch right there? About damn time. <laughs> this, this dude, man, he makes it so dramatic every time he comes in the game, man. Why can't we just get a one, two, three, you know, close out, you know, yeah, let's, let's, let's go do this. He always has to make it difficult to make you bite your nails off and sweating for the last bottom of the ninth, man. So who's coming up to bat? Down two runs, man on third. Oh, no. See, this, oh, <laughs> it is none other than oh, our no. old friend Bryce Harper. And oh. let's see how this works for the national. This is setting up badly. We'll, we'll I'm about that to grab another bottle with Jim Bean. <laughs> All right, so the first pitch is inside there to Bryce Harper. I don't think they're going to give him anything too hittable, to be honest here. First base is open. You cannot, I don't... You cannot have the game when it run, comes to the plate with one out. They have to get – he has to get Bryce. That's what he's making the big bucks for. He has to get Bryce out, man. I'm sorry. He has to get him out. He cannot allow him on base in the winning run to come to the plate. Ooh, that was nice. You see that that ball just spun and sunk right in. Of course, Bryce is going to complain about it, but that was a perfect pitch right over that corner. Oh, come on. I, I like the idea of Bryce like starting to talk a little shit here. That's going to help us get our next uh, you yeah, know, call, hopefully. 
Right? Look at that curve. And it looked like it was going to miss. It started on the inside, and it looked like it was going to miss on the outside, but it just hit that outside corner. Uh, again, uh, bottom of the ninth, 1-1 one, one count, one out. And that's are up 5-3. to three. The Phillies have a man on third. Bryce Harper is at bat with our reset here. Mm. Ooh, he tried to put it in the same spot, but that time it was outside. Uh, Bryce didn't go for it this time. It's a two and one count. Got to stay away from Bryce's power zone. If, if anything, if it's left in, in that middle, it's done. So, Brad Hand, earn your paycheck. This is fun. We haven't done play-by-play for baseball in a little while. So, and especially to end a game and to end the podcast. So, it's kind of an exciting way uh, to talk about it here. Oh, that one's a horrible pitch. He's never going to go for that. And now we're in trouble. It's a 3-1 count. As a, Andrew McCutcheon, Nat Killer on deck. He all he has a field day against the Nats. Oh. Oh. Got to get Bryce out. Got to get him out. Yeah. So uh, Carlos is giving a little shout-out for my scuba videos. I appreciate that. Uh, if anyone wants to... Check out free my free diving videos. You can go to my YouTube channel, sportsothb.com. Carol's YouTube, my YouTube. You got all the latest podcasts. You can also check out uh, the True No Spots podcast on there um, on our podcast partners. Uh, check that out. Uh, they've got a, a couple of shows this week. Wrestling's been heating up. I know that there's uh, fans in the stands uh, and some exciting storylines and some players, uh, some uh, wrestlers rather, uh, s- switching uh, to AEW uh, for WWE. So, oh, awful pitch. He's never going to go for that. Now we got a man on the corners, first and third. I, I'm still not upset about this play because now it sets ball. up the double play. I, yeah, but it's Andrew McCutcheon. Set up the double play, Carol. Don't let Bryce Harper beat you. I told you I had a rough day, man. Andrew <laughs> to the plate. One out, two on. Yeah, Nats let's see. Well, so, uh, yeah, this is this is not looking good for us. So somebody put some juju into the world. Um, I'm about to go ahead and grab for that next shot. Of juju <laughs> real quick. Uh, go ahead and get that ready. That's good. You know, people like reaction videos, right, Carol? You know, people, you know, maybe we'll clip this up. This could be the next viral video, right? You know, <laughs> you know how this goes. Just don't throw anything at your TV. Um uh, they're checking first base, which is a waste of everybody's time. But I understand why they're doing it. But I don't think Bryce Harper is going to try to steal second. Um, but anyway, um, Tom Gobble saying Nats bullpen is a train wreck. I would agree based on what I'm watching right now. I haven't watched a ton of Nats baseball this uh, year, but this is. Uh, They've been locked in in one stretch, but it's been inconsistent the most of the season. And I mean, they're trying to find their way. Oh no. Oh no. Did I call it? Did I call it, Robbie? You did. Did I call it? I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh fuck. Why did uh that was a terrible I have pitch. no confidence <laughs> in this guy closing the game whatsoever. I have more confidence in a condom with the hole in it <laughs> than I do when this guy comes in with the one-run lead. Oof. I can't. Oh, my. Uh, Two games in a row that he uh, snatched 
defeat from the grasp of victory. Yeah, we've uh, – when is the trade deadline? I believe it's Thursday. We, we may need to – well, I don't know. I mean, at this point, it's a good question. Are we buyers or sellers, Carol? Do you need a closer or do you just give up on the season? Where are you, what, what are your feelings right now after that heartbreaking loss? Under 500. You just got swept by the Oreos and walked off by the second-place Phillies. I don't want to have a knee-jerk reaction. I'm still going to say wait until this series. It's a four-game series. This one, yesterday's <laughs> loss hurt. This one hurts worse because I saw it coming. When you can see the train wreck coming and you want to yell, get out of the way or something, there's nothing you can do because it's coming. And you just have to sit there and watch it. And I saw it happening. Yeah, I mean, you Probably called it all the way through. The I know. Ball, double play. But not the way hand pitches. And McCutcheon, I don't know, but I don't, I don't know if that ball is going to get you where you want to go. He threw a fastball. McCutcheon is a Nats killer. But why you, you throw, throw a fastball there? Why don't put Bryce on? You might as well lock, might as well walk the bases loaded and get away from McCutcheon and bring in Hoskins, because McCutcheon, even when he's with the Pirates, when they sucked, he still will go three for four with two home runs and shit. Yeah, and the I, fact I, you're going to throw him a fastball almost right down the middle. I mean, that was a terrible pitch. I just don't, I, I don't know why they didn't throw like a slider or something that is going to have some spin to it. I mean, he rocked that, and he—I don't understand why he thought he was going to get by him. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, but anyway, well, you know, you know I really had a bad day today. That I know, just, I know. I just put the cherry on top <laughs> right there, man. I, I know, I know. But to be fair, that was going to happen whether we were on the podcast or not, right? So, I don't—I don't think that we necessarily jinxed it. Um, but. You deserve to walk home, <laughs> even though it's a three-game, a four-game series. You should just walk home now. Because Hudson was locked in in the eighth. Granted, two guys got on, but he got out the inning. You got two guys on and gave up a three-run home run to lose the game. Yeah. You gave up two runs yesterday. Went into the ninth for the 4-3 lead. You give up two runs, Nats lose. Get swept by the last face Orioles. This has got to stop. And going back to Davey taking out Joe Ross to put in Austin Rolfe, who gave up the three-run homer to make it a close game. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're far away from uh, this uh, championship team that was behind me, right? You know, like this is not not that Nationals team. But um, I'll, I'll sit here and I'll finish. I'll chug this rest of this drink with you, so – There you go. We'll uh, we'll pour one out into our livers uh, for uh, that. That might be the nail in the season, Carol. That that's not good. So anyway, that's that's just something that we've witnessed very highs, but we'll witness very lows, right? We, we got to watch them win a championship. That's something. Uh, yeah, but... I enjoy the highs. <laughs> when you when you I told you, Robbie, like with you, yeah, you called it the whole way through. You yeah, saw like, it when like he was on I, deck. I can see when the other team is about to score, and it sucks because I can see the play develop. I already knew what was going to happen, and I was trying to stay positive and think, okay, it's still first and third, one out. He can get a double play ball. 
and he throws one right. I could have hit that one out the park, and I ain't played baseball. I don't know how long. That's just oh my. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I don't even want to turn on MLB Network because I'm afraid to hear what they're going to say. They might start laughing. Yeah, it, it was pretty bad. Well, on that note, it was still a fun show. I still had a good time. I'm sorry. That, that, that was just that the cherry way. on top of my day. <laughs> I know. But I mean, I kind of, yeah, I don't know. All I'm going to say is tomorrow will be a better day. It will be. It will be. And now, uh, you know. Maybe start watching Olympics. Maybe that's uh, that'll make you happier than uh, <laughs> this. This man, team, I might. I don't know what I got to <laughs> do, Robbie. I mean, if it was the Winter Olympics and it was curling was on, I'll I'll be sitting watching some curling. Summer right. Olympics, I really. I mean, the track and field is cool. Yeah, I'm trying to I think of what running. sports you could uh, that you might like on uh, Summer Olympics, but you don't. You know, you know. I, I hate running, so watching track and field. I used to go to the pin relays and stuff like that, but that's awesome. I, you went to pen relays. Yeah, my buddy he used to run track, and I used to. That's go. amazing, because you know I went to Penn, so like I used to go to Penn Relays every year. So that's, yeah. that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I went. I went for different reasons, you know. Yeah, that's a different reason. I mean, it's, it's a it's a but, scene. It's a scene <laughs> up there. It's it's honestly the best sporting event. Um, um, uh, you know, of the uh, year there, you know, because we don't we don't. It's not like it's. Uh, <laughs> um. But anyway, so we'll, we'll we'll end it there. There's not a whole lot. Um, pretty much nothing left to say. All I can say is, thank goodness, Washington football training camp starts. Yeah, for sure. Because I might do a pop up show. Like I said, I won't be down there unfortunately this year, but I might do a show. I'm going to work tomorrow, but you know, things go according to plan. So I might be leaving a little bit earlier than I'm supposed to. Like I said, call. You know, I might do a pop-up show just on some of the observations that I've seen from some of the folks who talk about the Jonathan Allen signing and the repercussions going forward for the rest of the defensive line, the first-round draft picks from the last four drafts. And uh, appreciate y'all tuning in as always. Um, appreciate the support. Go check out the website, www.sportsoghp, for all the videos, merchandise, podcast partners, everything that we do. Uh, stay tuned. We got some other things in the works. Uh, got a lot going on just behind the scenes. We haven't had a chance to steal the deal on some things, but trust me, it's coming. Things are moving. Um, make sure you go check out the YouTube channel. Unfortunately, for some reason, I'm not streaming on my channel. I don't know what it is. My computer was acting a little funny today, but I'm still on Twitter, still on Facebook, and still, as always, on the Sports OKC Facebook page and website. Um, in need of a new user fee on certified vehicles, I'm going to holler at me out in Waldorf, 150 Crane Highway, Waldorf, Maryland. Get the deal done. If you're looking for a new user fee on certified, come on and hit me up. Definitely can take care of you. Um, if you didn't check out the show last week, we had a boxing special with Paul the Boxing Guy. I have it on my YouTube channel. I haven't had a chance to upload it on Anchor yet, but I'll probably get that done in the next couple of days. Uh, the week before, we had to watch the football team offseason special going over the draft picks, the agents, and the schedule. As I said, training camp starts tomorrow, so be on the lookout. I've reached out to a couple of local Washington football team folks, and you know, stay tuned for an interview here or there. Uh, I'm not going to drop no names yet because I haven't given any confirmation, but be on the lookout. We brought you the great interview with Judy Donaldson last year, and hopefully trying to follow up on that this year along with reaching out to some of the other Washington football team personnel that you know or, you know, commentators or 
radio analyst or whatever you want to call it. So being a lookout, you know, watching the football team, that's what we do, that's what we started at, that's where we beginning, and you know, we're always going to end with watching the football team. Uh, as always, I'm going to give a shout-out. Renegade 703, uh, he just killed it down in Miami for a second show in two months down there. He did such a good job and caught him back down there again. I was supposed to be down there, but unfortunately, like I said, he sells some cars. I'm going to end this show with uh, one of his videos. I mean, I had to debut in, you know, needed somebody to play a role, so I did it. And uh, TJ made throw one of my favorite songs in the show. But as always, DC sports are the politics. It's not just a catchphrase. It's not just a motto. It's what we do. And we out. See you next week. Sounds good. And people, we're going to be raiding on my channel. We're going to raid Kenny's. Thanks for everyone for tuning in. Happy birthday uh, to Carly last week, uh, to Champ this week, and uh, Zach on uh, Thursday. We'll talk to you guys next week, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.